monster, a creature with such horrific features, a lady, a bride, and scary movie fan, some nerds and their website present this woman and her man. the bride of the creature podcast with me the creature joey g and across from me i forgot who i was the cutest podcaster in town nicole hello how are you love i'm good how are you i'm very well you didn't say i was the bride didn't i no but you're okay well they could probably figure that out though i mean if i'm the creature i know but we're supposed to start the same every way kind of like how you explain the way. rules to your dumb supposed game to start the same every way uh, so yeah, I'm the creature Joey G, and that's the cutest podcast from town. Nicole G, the bride, fucking harpy, all up in my grill. It's a simple thing to get right. <laughs> well, uh, I'm just a little frazzled. I'm a little shaken up. We're we're trying something different today. We are recording mere minutes after the end of the film. You're shaken up by that? No, I'm just. For fuck's sake, I was doing an intro, and now you've derailed me <laughs> yeah well anyway this week we uh, it was nicole's pick and she wanted to go for something lighter something a bit humorous something <laughs> that with a lot of laughs so she chose the 1972 exploitation rape revenge film the last house on the left i did west craven's directorial debut i didn't know it was his debut i knew he directed it but... yeah well you can't tell from looking at it that this was someone's first film no i didn't think of that I'm joking. I'm just saying it looks very amateurish from start to finish. Uh, well, before we start discussing it in depth for, and the, for this, with the searing analysis that our podcast has become known for, why don't we listen to the trailer? And by we, I mean you at home, because we just watched the movie. We don't need to listen to the trailer. That no. would be a waste of our time. And we don't want to do that, do we? Nope. So we should make them listen to it. We're going to make you listen to it. Okay, you guys it. listen to it and come back and talk to us in a sec. <laughs> It rests on 13 acres of earth over the very center of hell. Here is the first motion picture to offer to the daring a look into the final maddening space between life and death. The last house on the left. To avoid fainting, keep repeating. It's only a movie. Only a movie. Only a movie. Sights and sounds far beyond anything you've tested. The last house on the left. To avoid fainting, keep repeating. It's only a movie. Only a movie. Take as much as you can. Okay, so that was the trailer for uh, Last House on the Left, 1972. Nicole, should I explain the the premise? Yeah. All right, so it's Mary's birthday. She has parents. She's just turned 16. 17. 17. Nicole, 17. And she goes out with her friend Paige to go see to go see some band and get ice cream. But first, they decide to score some reefers. Bad idea. To get some grass. 
but they accidentally the people that they ask turn out to be uh, escaped felons who are all fucky and they kidnap them and they take them into the woods and they beat them up and they rape them and they kill them yep and then the last half hour of the movie is the parents getting some revenge yeah, they're badass parents. They're pretty badass. Yeah. Big old sideburns on there. So that's the plot. So, so Nicole, this film is kind of uh, famous and actually relatively well-reviewed at the time uh, in 1972 when it came out. But it's also very controversial because it was a very shocking, very uh, gratuitous, and very upsetting film at the time of its release. So my question to you, Nicole, is was the film still shocking and effective and powerful and, and upsetting to you here in 2013? Or was it not those things? <laughs> or not. Um, you know, I can see at the time how it would be very shocking. There were some parts that, that upset me watching it, but I've seen way worse. Yeah, I mean, this is we're a generation that has seen Saw and Hostel Devil's and Devil's Rejects. And, and while the subject matter is certainly not uh, you know, pleasant... pleasant it's not particularly graphic. The most graphic thing I think in the movie is when he carves his name into her chest. Yeah. And Krug does that with a knife. Yeah. And the blood pouring down the long girl's back when he stabs her in the back. But, I mean, that's tame yeah. nowadays. I mean, I think well, I can, I've enjoyed watching it because I can see a lot of its influence in a lot of movies. Namely, Definitely. Namely Devil's Rejects, which is my favorite horror movie of all time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, but you, so you, you thought it was pretty good? You liked it? I did like it a lot, actually. Really? It's just a simple grindhouse movie uh, for its time. I liked the style of it. I, I liked the era that it what, was in. What it did you good. think of its uh, its sort of political message that it was it was sort of making throughout the whole thing about violence, beginning violence? And I guess a lot of the of the film, a lot of the imagery in the film was inspired by and influenced by the footage that was coming back to America from the Vietnam War, because it was the first war that was basically televised, where people were actually seeing a lot of the atrocities of war. What was the first thing you said? Violence on violence or something? Violence begetting violence. What does that mean? Violence leading to more violence. All violence be- creating is more violence. Like an endless yeah, I didn't violence. get that from watching this movie. I got that from watching documentaries oh, okay. about movies from this era, but just this movie by itself to me was just a simple grindhouse movie. I, I mean, I don't necessarily agree that it was simple because I actually, while it was pretty amateurly done, I do think did think that there were at least moments that had some uh, that were slightly more interesting than just a grindhouse. Particularly after the uh, the, the the main rape, right before, after they've killed Paige, and when, right after they rape Mary, when Krug and um, Sadie and um, the other guy whose name I'm forgetting at the yeah, moment. Yeah, I forget too. Th- there's this whole sequence of them just clearly feeling really like disturbed and and uncomfortable after what they've witnessed and what they've just done. Yeah. And and I kind of got the feeling that that was supposed to be making some kind of a statement about uh, just sort of Im- things that they would, the, the kind of atrocities that the American people were beginning to witness in situations that they never had actually seen before. Because prior to Vietnam, you know, no war had ever, nobody at home really ever saw what a war really no. looked like. You know? yeah. So, I, I mean, I think that there, and the one part I liked the best was if the I very mean, beginning of the movie. Would you have gotten that... Not watching it? documentaries about it. 
would I have known that they were talking about Vietnam because we weren't in the yeah. time? Not necessarily about Vietnam, but I think I, I still think I would have gotten a lot of the references they were making to violence in general. Yeah, I think but, so. But yeah, the specifics of Vietnam out of the context of Vietnam. I mean, maybe I wouldn't have my mind wouldn't have gone there. But knowing when it came out, you can make the connection that this would have been the time when people were talking about this, and this would have been the time that America was quickly losing its innocence. And one of my favorite parts of the whole movie is the very beginning when. Um, uh, Mary tells her parents that she and Paige are going to go to a movie, and she tells them it's some action movie, right? And, and their mom says, "I, I have no, I don't understand now that blood and violence. I thought you were supposed to be the, I thought you were supposed to be the love generation. Like I thought that line kind of sums up the entire movie, the whole idea of this particular generation building its ideals on the ideas of truth and love and peace, and really they were just getting the opposite, and everything was just kind of going to shit and completely losing." Like this was made right at the end of like the flower power revolution that completely failed and all that. So I, I think that that's, the movie was largely a reaction to that. So would I have known they were talking about Vietnam in particular? Maybe not, but yeah. I think the point still came across. I don't think I liked it as much as you did, though. No. I mean, this was an 84-minute movie that felt a lot longer to me. Like I, I kept looking at the clock, like how is this still going? And I know it's less than ninety minutes. Because well, I watching the documentaries, and um, this movie has been referenced many times in them, and it, it showed not the rape scene, but the the sequence after when yeah, they are, yeah, yeah. when the crew um, and them are kind of feeling bad, they're picking the dry leaves off the dry blood in their hands, yeah. and to me that because I saw that part so much, that seemed like kind of almost near the end so when that part happened and there was still half an hour left I was like what are they going to do now and I liked where I went I liked how they ended up at Mary's parents house not knowing and then the parents found out yeah I did did like the ending too I did think that was a pretty good payoff yeah Uh, but there were little like like the subplot with the two cops who were trying to get to the I was like what the fuck is the point of this it's a comic relief I felt like it had comic relief and I liked that about this movie it just felt so weird and like why is this in this movie I don't understand why this is happening even Devil's Rejects which is much harder to watch than this movie had comic relief moments like tootie fucking food I guess, but these these were like really goofy slapstick. Gosh, my good buddy, the deputy of police sure is stupid. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was just really dumb. I liked it. Uh, yeah. So, I liked it. overall, I don't think I like this movie very much. I think it's certainly a lot more interesting historically than it is in any way a good movie. Um, I disagree. I, like, I enjoyed watching it. Um, I thought the comic relief just added character to the movie because you wouldn't really see that like that nowadays. I just really enjoyed it. It certainly dates it. That's it for does sure. date it. But like that doesn't usually bother me. I don't know. Uh, would you like to hear some interesting things about this movie? Yes, Professor Joey. All right. This story is actually sort of a loose remake of a Swedish Ingmar Bergman film called The Virgin Spring, which is basically about a uh, a father getting revenge on his daughter's rapists. Which in turn is actually based on a Swedish ballad, like a poem from the 13th century called Torres Dotra i Wange. I don't speak Swedish, so <laughs> my pronunciation is probably off. So probably. I thought that was actually pretty cool. You think? So I would, I would like to see the the Bergman film. Actually, I've seen a few other Bergman films, but I haven't seen that one. I, I like the cool. American ones. American. Yeah. And uh, this movie was made for eighty-seven thousand dollars and made three point one million. So uh, it's a pretty fucking good uh, return on investment there. A little ROI. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, I think it's interesting to see this was the first movie Wes Craven made and kind of led the way for a lot of other horror films, but 
I didn't particularly like it. I actually was pretty bored for the whole thing. I I wasn't bored. I liked it. I was in suspense. Okay. Well, do you have anything else you want to say about it? Just that there were even parts that like where the lines were that were Rob Zombie used in Devil's Rejects, like when he got her to hit, like told her to hit the other girl. That was like exactly what happened in Devil's Rejects. So I really enjoyed this movie because. Because your my, other favorite movie mentioned My favorite horror movie obviously was very influenced by it. So this is kind of like watching all the movies that Quentin Tarantino quotes in his movies. Yeah, kind of. For you, yeah. That's cool. I like The Devil's Rejects, though not as much as you, and I liked this movie a bit, but though clearly not as much as you. So what do you give this one out of 10, Nicole? What's your score? Um, and keeping in mind that this is right after we watched it, so this is fresh as a daisy. <laughs> Just tell me what you do it. I like. Uh, you tell me yours. No, you gotta go first. Why do I have to go first? Because. No. I said fine. I give it a five. I give it a seven. All right, you heard it here first, folks. And guys, that's the lowest I've rated a film so far. I thought you gave one a three or something. No, you gave one. A, no, I didn't give anything a three. Are you sure? Yeah, my my lowest one before this was six. Which one did you give a six to? The uh, uh, society, which was my pick. So, Nicole picked this one. So, that was The Last House on the Left. Uh, I wish I had more to say about it, but it just it didn't really do a whole lot for me. But you know what that means, Nicole. What? It's time for Would You Rather. That's your turn. Right. It's my turn. Once again, I forgot to think of one. I know we're both bad at this. I know. Okay, so, would you rather <laughs> kill your daughter's rapist with a chainsaw... Or, okay, no, that's dumb, because we're all good people who don't want to murder someone, so we would probably just call the cops. I don't know, would you rather uh, eat... No, no, you, you say two choices, and we have to choose. Right, would you rather, if your daughter... Was, okay, so assuming you have a daughter, and this daughter was <laughs> raped and murdered, heaven forbid, <laughs> uh, would you rather uh, kill her murderer with a chainsaw, or... Would you rather bite off the rapist's penis and let him bleed to death? Both of those things happened in this movie. That's, that's why I said that. Yeah. And, dude, I would way rather use a chainsaw. Me, I would bite off the rapist's penis. <laughs> I mean, okay, I don't know. All right, I don't know if I'd bite it off, but I would like to sever the penis and watch them and make them bleed out. If I was going to be a horrible murderer. You could use a chainsaw to cut off the penis. That's being creative. That's why you have an art degree. Because you. you make those connections Thank and you're you. very creative. I wouldn't probably do either of those things. But no, you have to choose. It's but a would you I, rather. Well, I would rather them have to lose their dick and bleed out because that's horrible. Because they I would way that. rather use a chainsaw. You'd see the fear in their eyes. I think you'd see more fear in their eyes and more panic if they suddenly realized that their wiener had been bitten off by a pony. Or not a pony. Something. See, maybe I would rather watch their penis get severed and bleed out but I would rather for myself use a chainsaw you sick fuck <laughs> you make me sick yeah I what? what's wrong with getting into the question nothing I just think it's a little disturbing that you want to do that they're sick fucks they deserve that you believe people deserve to die Nicole they you believe that that's a choice that you can make that no. you get to determine no but that? the pony did I think that's up to God Nicole but, uh, Joey <laughs> No, I'm saying I would 
Oh, so you're Watch. saying you don't believe in God? The the pony <laughs> bite the penis off. I like that this has become a pony situation. <laughs> All right, this is the worst would you rather ever. We're going to move on right now to a little something that we like to call the following is based on a true story. Wait, wasn't my would you rather last week awful too? It wasn't good because we keep forgetting to think of them. We should almost like stop doing would you rather and come up with something else because our would you rather no, suck. No, we have to actually think about it. All right, I we're like going to redouble it. our efforts. We will do better, folks. All right, guys. No. The following is based on a true story. Nicole, I'm going to read you four movie titles and their synopses. You have to use your skill and judgment to determine which of the films is the big fat phony. One of these sprang from my furtive imagination. Which one, though? Are you ready to play The Following is Based on a True Story? I'm so ready, Joey. Nicole, The Following is Based on a True Story. By the way, of the four movies here, one of them has a really long description and three of them have one sentence, so it's kind of off balance this week, but whatever. Yours is the long one, isn't it? Film number one. Are you ready for the slaughter? Summer campers are, are picked off by a serial killer. Yeah, because it's like are summer camp. Are you ready camp. for the sunshine? Yeah, that's the, the play on words because it's summer campers killed off by a serial killer. It's like a Friday the 13th knocked off. It's playing with the theme from meat, Meatballs. Are you ready for the slaughter? Are you ready for the slaughter? Are you ready for some dead stuff? Film number two. Matango. Shipwrecked survivors slowly transform into mushrooms. What? That's I, I'm just I just read the titles and the synopses. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Is it though? I probably had stupid because we've read some stupid things in this. Yeah. Film number three, Hellgate. This is a long one. A motorcycle gang kidnaps a young woman, Josie, from a diner and brutally kills her. Many years later, the girl's father finds a magic crystal that can bring the life back. Can bring the life back to dead objects. Bring dead up. Why doesn't he just say bring things back to life? Jesus Christ. He uses it to reanimate his daughter. He lets her seduce any young man that comes to visit the small town and then kills them. Four young students, two boys and two girls, spend a vacation near the town, Hellgate. They hear about the story and get involved. Like, that's not a one-sentence elevator pitch. Like, that doesn't convince anyone to watch that. That's way too long. Guy brings his dead daughter back to life and lets her seduce bad guys so he can kill them. That's what it should say. That's what should be written. But that's not what was written. Maybe you wrote it. Maybe I did. Maybe I'm throwing you off. Philip number four. One-eyed monster. A hostile alien wreaks havoc on the cast and crew of an adult film. Because, like, one-eyed monster is like a dick. Oh, I get it. So, Nicole, using your skill and judgment, is it? Are you ready for the slaughter? Is it Matango? Is it Hellgate? Or is it one-eyed monster? We got porno set horror. We got uh, really long-winded... We got shipwrecked survivors turning into mushrooms, and we got summer campers killed by a serial killer. Total Friday the Thirteenth. See, I think I actually think. Are you ready for the slaughter? It's a real movie. I think I've seen it somewhere. Maybe you have. Maybe you haven't. Um, and I think the last one's a a real movie. One-eyed monster. Because that's hilarious. (laughs) I I agree. That does sound pretty awesome. And so I think. I don't know, Matango is so stupid. Shipwreck survivors slowly transform into mushrooms. This is too high for me. Well, this like is the game, game, dear, so you'll just have to make do. Yeah, but you, you forced me to do it. I don't like I don't doing... force you to do it. So I could just say I quit. No, you can't do that. You, okay, fine, <laughs> I force you to do it. But come on, you have skill, you have judgment, use them both. They've not served Which me well. Which one sounds like it came out of my brain? You're supposed to know me better than anyone. 
Men turning into mushrooms. Porno aliens. <laughs> really long-winded, boring shit that describes a movie called Hellgate. Are you ready for this slaughter? So you think if you did make up Hellgate, you that would be too obvious because of the long-windedness? So you're saying I'm long-winded? Yeah. It's interesting how your like deliberation doubles as insult to me. Well, you know, I'm using my skill and judgment, Joey. Oh, way to use my words against me. Yeah. So. Going to have to rush you. I'm going to change my mind. It's the one-eyed monster. So you think one-eyed monster is the fake movie? Yeah. So you think that Matango, shipwreck survivors turning into mushrooms, is a real movie? Yeah. You think Hellgate is a real movie, and you think Are You Ready for the Slaughter is a yes. real movie? Nicole, One-Eyed Monster is a real movie. I hate this game. I'm sorry. It's a real movie. Nicole, Hellgate is a real movie. Matango's the fake one. Nicole, Matango is a real movie directed by Ishiro Honda, who also directed Godzilla. I swear, Are You Ready for the Slaughter? Which means I came up with Are You Ready for the Slaughter. I thought that was a real movie. The reason why you think it's real is because I described a comic idea to you, which was going to be <laughs> using the title, Are You Ready for the Slaughter, and having just be the song from Meatballs with different lyrics. I thought you were going to get this one because I told you all about that idea and you forgot. Shit. We even sang the song. The song that you made up. Yeah, the song that when we were walking I into Bender for a walk. Now you remember it. Yeah. <laughs> So if ever there was a time you should have gotten one right, it was this week. See, you planted it in my brain so deeply that I thought it was real. That's, that's like... I inceptioned you? Manipulative. I inceptioned you. You inceptioned me. Well, I'm sorry that I inceptioned you, Nicole, but that just means that yet again, I win. You are now... Holy smokes. See, this game... You are now one for ten. No, you're two for ten, excuse me. You have a 20% success rate. That's not bad. (laughs) That's not that bad. This is the stupidest game I've ever been forced to play every Many week. people would kill for a 20% success rate. Like, if I was successful at 20% of the time I tried to have sex with you, I'd be a happy man. No, we're not talking about that here. I know, I'm just saying. that 20% ain't that bad. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I would love to have a 20% success rate. Well, Nicole, you'll have a chance next week to redeem yourself. And next week is also my pick. And no. we're going to have a hell of a good time. It's not your pick. It's a versus next week. No, it's not, stupid. The versus comes after that. <laughs> oh, wait. Holy Don't call me fuck. stupid. <laughs> you, you just looked at me like I was an idiot. Like, no, I'm looking at the schedule. The schedule you made fun of me for creating. <laughs> it's even color-coded. Blue is you, green is me, and red is a versus. But thanks for giving it away to everyone that versus is the week after. No, it's not. <laughs> we're checking them now. Anyway, we're we've had a couple of uh, heavy films in a row with some disturbing imagery and some adult themes in Splice and Last House on the Left. So next week, we're going to be taking a look at a movie which is going to be pretty awesome. This movie stars Rowdy Roddy Piper, Hot Rod himself, in John Carpenter's They Live. Nicole, you're in for a treat. They Live is one of the best movies ever. What year is it from? Uh, I think it's from like 80-something. Hang on a second. I'm surprised. You don't know that, Professor. Well, I did know it, but I changed I changed what movie we were doing so many times that the date I have written in here is wrong. In 1988. 1988, Rowdy Roddy Piper. This is the movie that I've always used when I'm depressed. I always think to myself, look, a lot of things about the world suck, but I always know that when the world is really shitty, I can always remember... That in 1988, John Carpenter made a movie with Rowdy Roddy Piper 
about a drifter who discovers that the ruling class are actually aliens and they all control the social classes and he learns that because he has magic sunglasses that let him see what everything really is. Oh, is this the movie that has that line from um, that punk CD I have? Probably, yeah. It's also the movie, we the character... We don't need pessimism. The character, is that it? Is that yeah, it? Yeah, the character and the dialogue influence things like Duke Nukem. Duke Nukem is based on the character from They Live. I love Hot Duke Rod. Nukem. Rowdy, Roddy, Piper. I played Duke Nukem all the time. Well, then you're in for a treat. You're going to love it. You're going to love this. Is you it might really not love a it. horror I'm gonna movie? Well, I mean, it's a John Carpenter movie. It's it's pretty. I mean, it's it's going to be... It's got monsters and shit in it, so it counts. All right. Yeah. Get off my back. I'm just questioning things. Well, don't, Nicole. No one likes questioners. We don't need pessimism. Pessimism, Nicole. Well, that's going to wrap us up this week here at the Bride of the Creature podcast. Until next week, I am the creature Joey G. And I'm the Bride Nicole G. And you all stay scary now. Kissy, kissy. How could this woman ever decide to wed this man?